I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. What's up and welcome to the Bridal Breakdown. Ashley, how the heck are you? Good. I'm feeling much better than, you know, having random vertigo spells in the middle of your night while you're sleeping. Yeah, you had a you had a pretty intense kind of spill. Our listeners may not know this because they're not friends with you on social media, but you shared about it. Yeah, it was, it was really, really scary. And thankfully, this was like two days ago. Chris and I usually record on Mondays. And we didn't because I had got no sleep. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning spinning, like intensely spinning. It woke me up out of my sleep. I think I like rolled over. And after like I rolled over in my sleep, I just was like, I kept telling Justin, I am on the teacup ride and I'm on expert mode. And it is just going so fast. It was absolutely awful. I sat up in bed. Justin woke up for me sitting up and I was like, something is wrong. And like my eyes are open. I'm trying to like come back to earth essentially. And my eyes are moving also like with the spins. Oh my gosh. I cannot even imagine what that would feel like. Dude, the the teacup ride. I don't. (laughs) So after like 30 seconds of sitting up, it did go away. It wasn't going away while I was laying down, but I sat up. So then I was afraid to lay back down. I started like sobbing uncontrollably because in 2019 or I think it was 2019, I went through Mm -hmm. um, periods of like week long vertigo spells and it was intense. That was, that one was really bad. That was like a more wobbly sensation. This was like a spinning sensation. It was was a little different, but I remember I was sobbing uncontrollably on Monday night because I was like, I don't want to go back there. Like, I don't want this to be a recurring thing. So I, I just think that was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. You're right. It, it been was Sunday, Sunday night. night. Yeah. So I just didn't want it to be a recurring issue. And so I did a lot yeah, of research. I, mean, I can imagine there's a lot of fear like, oh my gosh, is it going to be a week long? Is it yeah, going to go away? Is it here to it's stay? It's life impacting. Like you can't, I couldn't walk straight. I couldn't do anything without wanting to like vomit. It was so awful. I was just so afraid I'd go back there. Didn't you tell me that Justin also was like impaired and couldn't do stuff too but yeah this yeah on monday so i couldn't like move my neck so like he performed the epley maneuver so if you ever suffer from vertigo a lot of the times they say it's from crystals in your inner ear that are dislodged they become dislodged somehow and they will just do a very simple we have crystals in our ear we have crystals in our ear yeah what i know i know it's like frequency crystals is like they're like what do they control your balance. No way. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. I have to Google it's, this. They, it's bizarre. I, I told Justin about this and he is like, crystals in your, who that is telling so you this? Exactly. So these crystals become dislodged and then you do this maneuver, which is very simple. It's like turning your head 45 degrees, coming down. It's very easy. Um, 
And so he did it on me on both sides because I couldn't figure out which side was actually like the side that was causing it. And then you're just supposed to keep your head upright for like 24 to 48 hours. And so I slept in the recliner the next night. I slept in the recliner last night. And does that just help them like fall back down yep. or go into place? It just allows them to fall back. They into literally place. look like rocks, like little. Yeah. That's so wild. I think that mi- that must have been what happened because ever since then, I mean, I'm I was relatively normal, feeling pretty good yesterday, and then today I also feel. Is it pretty called good. the BPPV? Yep. But I also don't. I'm like wow. self-diagnosing myself, but it worked. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Anyways, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good as like an overarching. How are you? Good. In comparison. Well, I know. I'm glad you're feeling better. I know. I remember last year you were going to be shooting a wedding uh, yeah, that same you. day and it was just, oh my gosh. Yeah. I like, was like, I dude, I don't imagine. know if I'm going to be okay. Will you be able to step in? Because this is, it was the first, cause it had happened multiple weeks. Like it was in my cycle. It was hap- tended to happen right after my cycle. So my monthly cycle, it was um, like right timed at that point. And so I didn't know if they were connected. Luckily, most of them didn't fall on days that I had weddings. But then this last one did. And I sent a text to like everyone I know freaking out. Like it was the night before I was like, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I don't know what to do. Are you guys available in the morning? I think I might have sent that text like 7 a.m. I was like, yeah, it was early. So, it was really early. Yeah. But I ended up pulling through that one. Yeah. I was like, I told her, I was like, this is all standby. I might have to go and do this. Just yeah. let you know. You're like, I'm on. supposed to hang out with my wife today. <laughs> but it was bad. Someone but I can't stand up. I'm good. Yeah, that's intense. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. So how, but how about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. We've been on this spree of, so we paid our taxes and stuff this year. And um, I had set aside a lot extra um and so we had honestly probably should have gone to savings but there's a lot of little toys that i've been eyeing and like toys meaning like techie purchases so i bought a couple of them uh one one of the first things that i've been wanting to get for a long time is like it's like a theragun have you seen those they're like the guns that you it's like a massaging gun yeah yeah only it's not a theragun okay because that's like five hundred dollars we got it for christmas yeah, they're freaking expensive, but they're like the Cadillacs of, you know, these massaging guns. We got ours at Costco. We got a Costco membership. Oh. Costco, oh. We've, and we've had a Costco membership, but Costco is dangerous because uh, I don't know if you and Justin are like this, but I love to wander and look at everything. Justin like, that way. Lara's like, we can just go in. She gets so, bless her heart, she gets so annoyed because I just want to walk down every aisle and look at everything. And she usually lets me, uh, but Costco's dangerous because Costco just has so much cool shit all the time and they're always rotating it out. There's just so many cool things. So anyways, I bought one of these guns and it is amazing. I I tend to, I think it's because of how I sleep. Like I tend to get these pains in my neck right where my skull meets like the base of my skull meets the top of my neck. Mm-hmm. So there's a line right there, like a ridge. It's called your occipital ridge. Mm-hmm. And um, Lara always, like when she massages my head, I always tell her to put pressure on it just because it feels real good. But I feel like I have this because of how I sleep. I'm always sore there. And and anyways, this gun has helped with that so much. Like, cool. And I think I, like I just had this spill, this little stint of like four days waking up every day with a headache. Um, and we got this gun and it's better i was able to i think work out and get some knots and stuff like that i don't know 
So that was a fun purchase. Really happy with that. Another purchase that I've been wanting to do for a long time that is, I feel like it's so adult. I feel like we're so old, but we bought an air fryer. Oh, have you, I don't have, do an you have fr- an air fryer? No, but our, like my 13 year old brother-in-law just got an air fryer for really no reason. It was just like a random gift that his mom got him was an air. Fr- and I looked at her and I was like, he is 13. What about my air fryer? What about my air <laughs> this fryer? This is Justin's brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I could see him liking an air fryer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It Anyways. is life-changing. Really? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So much yes. I And so I went and got um, like uh, a ninja one. So it's it's a pretty nice one. Yeah. Um, And I freaking love it. When we eat vegetables, we love to have them crispy like yes. we bake them. But it takes forever. Ever. Forever. Like super simple recipes. You just take green beans, like raw, you know, raw ones. Yep. You chop the ends, toss them in olive oil, put some seasonings on them, bake them. They are, li- it is so good. Um, and so this first night, like I was like, we're going to go do this. We we're talking about baking it. I'm like, Lara, I've just wanted an air fryer for so long. I'm just going to go buy one. And so we went and got one and it was so easy to set up. It normally takes like 45 minutes to get the green beans where, where we like yes. them. It I took agree. 12 minutes. 12 and they were crispy. and they were crispy they were so right. perfect and we made like an aioli like a, a mayonnaise sriracha aioli uh we just dipped our green beans in it and i made steaks and all sorts of stuff so i am like hype about this wow. so it's great for vegetables it's even better for bad food like we love pizza we love and uh, now typically I like to bake my pizza so I get it crispy, but sometimes I'm just so hungry and I don't want to wait. And then I microwave it and then it's not yes. crispy and then it's yes. just not good. An air fryer, you can do it in like three minutes, reheat it three, four minutes, and it's crispy. It's like the top is crispy and the bottom is crispy and it's not burned and it just takes your life to a whole nother level. And it's healthy, tater tots, right? Well, say like, goodbye. You're not say goodbye to waiting an hour for crispy tater tots in the oven. Tater tots take like 10 minutes and they're so golden and so crunchy. Oh my gosh. I love this thing. That's amazing. I know so, we our toaster oven, I think has like an air fry option, but I haven't dove into it. And I feel like since it's not an air fryer, I don't actually know that it can do it. I don't know. Well, it, I th- I'm sure it'll do it. But I think the thing with these other air fryer fryers that aren't like, they're like the, the ones with the jug. Combo, combo, yeah, yeah. You pull like the thing out. Yeah. Um, I think they're just, it, they're speedy. Like they're okay. way faster. It's so made, I'm sure that your thing will that. do it. Yeah. And it'll probably still be faster than the, um, like the oven. Yeah. But anyone, so I've been seeing these memes. They're like people with an air fryer and you, and you have them like looking down on everyone else. Like it's like this, the same thing, like with the Instapot and stuff like that. And it's like, people feel like they're, they're elevated and above everyone else. But oh, I'm I, just so happy I right now. I feel that way with my Instapot. It, I love it. It's just so great. So we're digging the air fryer. If you've not gotten on that train and you're a listener, uh, get on that train. And and we can poll people about this stuff too because you did an awesome job polling this last week. It was fun. Uh, may, yeah, some of you. And there were a lot of people that participated, but we asked about the movies, the you know the core 2012. Did you watch? Uh, okay. Yeah, this was something I wanted to touch base with you on. So... I watched, well, A, The Day After Tomorrow. You knew that because last episode I talked about how I was watching The Day After Tomorrow and I loved it. Um, But I've watched that movie before. But I still loved it as an adult. 
So then I watched 2012 and I actually like remember none of it whenever yeah. I, but I've seen it because the very end of it, I completely recognized the whole situation with like the door coming down. Everyone stepping and out. And then like the guy being underneath the door. I, I remember that vividly, but that's the very end of the movie and I remembered nothing yeah. prior to. So it's bizarre. Whoa. But I, <laughs> I was literally like looking at Justin throughout the beginning part of the movie and I was like, this is the most outrageous. A, the CGI was really great. But it's like it was right. They went very over the top, though. Like, did and I remember thinking, did, did you feel anxious? I don't know I that I recall anxious. feeling anxious. I just know I that Justin anxious. and I kept I looking so at each other, and we were like, "Like this is just so intense." The CGI was phenomenal, but every time they got in the airplane, I was like, "You know, Dude. I feel like I'm on the Simpsons <laughs> roller coaster ride at Universal," and I am like going through and I'm fighting and we're ditching all the buildings coming down in the plane. And I'm like, in real life, this would not be happening. So it was just kind of unrealistic that maybe yeah, you're like, they would have died yes. immediately. Yes. This would have and never like happened. Multiple times they're getting on the plane and multiple times and this it's is just happening. Like and I'm like, the, if it was one second later, they would have died. So many constantly. Of those and yeah. so I was like, Oh my God. However, I was entertained, but I thought the day after tomorrow was better. Yeah. But I was yeah, entertained. I would agree. Okay. The day after tomorrow has a way more compelling, story <gasps> that was another thing better. i said to justin there's zero character development happening in 2012 no no not at all zero like i knew no. nothing and cared not at all about any of these people and normally in movies yeah. i'm like crying because somebody is like watching somebody die and like maybe i might not even like the person but i feel bad for the person that's sad and like none mm -hmm. of that existed i was like i don't even know these people and like all of a sudden this this is happening and yeah, there's zero character development yeah yeah, it, there was there was no storyline to it. So, anyways, I'm glad you watched but it. But I didn't watch the core, um, yeah. not for necessarily any reason. I just didn't get a chance to watch the core. The core is not as impressive. There is a better story. I feel like the storyline is better in the core than 2012. It's got, I think I think Hillary Swank's in it. Is it Hillary Swank or Hillary Swank? I think it's Swank without an H. Um, I'm gonna pull up those polls though really quick because I thought it was actually funny when I revisited them. So particularly on the shows. You asked um, a lot of questions. I did. These They were all two with last Monday's episode, which was really fun. I know. I, I dug that. That was really cool. Yeah. So like we can pull people on the stuff today. That's going to be my plan. So after the end of these episodes, go to our Instagram and I'll have these polls for different things that we talked about when we shoot the shit. But most people rewatch shows and they don't find something fresh, which I thought is insane because I am definitely a something fresh person. Yeah. Most people order the same thing, which same. Yep. And this is like 65% rewatch, 65% order the same thing. Um, the day after tomorrow, when I did bad entertaining and masterpiece as like the scale, uh -huh. it literally is right in the middle at entertained. So like yeah. some people scrolling through, Nobody really thought it was awful, but there there were definitely some people that ha were like closer to the bad. Um, and then a couple of people, including my mother, thought it was a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Good old dad. I know. She's great. Oh, oh no. There is someone who said it was awful. Katie. From, Katie said it was awful. For our interview. Yeah. Katie. Katie yeah. said it was awful. Um, which, love Katie. 
Um, so that's freaking funny. My mother. Which Katie was the, was the bride that you you guys listened to this past Friday. Yes, you guys just listened to her on our episode 13. Um, you're going to grow to love Katie. We'll probably continue to just drop Katie bomb. She's great. Um, yes. So then 2012, it was a little less than entertained was the general consensus. I could have seen that one being more as not as good purely because of the story. Like there's no story. Yes. It's just... Like um, substantially more people said it was bad. Um, but there was only one person who like drug it all the way to bad. Um, and then there were a couple of people who said it was a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know that I said it was a masterpiece, but I think I was higher on this. You were higher than me. Yeah. Yeah. My response was in between bad and entertained and yours was in between entertained and masterpiece. Yes. Um, then we had the core, which not as many people have seen. And yeah, it's an older movie. Is it really? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's probably early two thousands if I had to guess. Yeah. We'll look it up. Mm-hmm. We had two people, which this is the most out of any of them. Just say it was downright bad. And then nobody said it was a masterpiece. But we did have yeah. one that was like close-ish to Masterpiece. So that's Hillary fun. Swank. Hillary Swank. Aaron Eckert. Oh, yeah. Eckert. I looked this up yesterday when my gifts weren't working. Yeah. Um, and then chickens. People's opinions on chickens. I actually was surprised about this. We are relatively close to people saying, I, would l- I like the idea of having chickens, but I wouldn't actually have them. Um, that yes. was the middle point. And actually like it's just a little less than that so people were like nope or maybe but probably not we were in between those two spots which i thought no more people would say yeah dude totally but we had like a lot of people be like no freaking way no no yeah no no chickens huh no chickens. Got some chicken haters out there yeah right, there were fine. three people who said absolutely 100 percent. and i was one of them probably. <laughs> probably um and then for trash tv which i think this is our last question um, 62% of our listeners said keeping up with the Kardashians is better than Jersey Shore, which I 100% voted for Jersey Shore. Yeah, I actually voted, even though I've been saying, like, I was talking all about keeping up with the Kardashians. As far as trash TV, it is like, it is 100% trash TV. I mean, they are like, people are fighting every time, hooking up with people. It's just, it's wild. Tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. Did you hear about Kim and Kanye? Oh, about them getting a divorce? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I know. know that. Maybe that's been like circulated news, but I literally just saw that yesterday. Yeah, they, she done. She is done. I mean, I don't blame I'm her. I'm sure they're both done. It's a lot, man. It's a lot to, so the, lot to handle. The article I read was like, Kim is like seriously taking this lawyer thing serious. Like she, mm-hmm. she genuinely wants to um, be a lawyer and like do this like prison reform situation. Like she's very much wants to do it. And Kanye yeah, is over here like, running for president not super seriously and like yeah. she's just like i'm really trying to take my life seriously and he's like running for president and so right i could see that so i didn't know i didn't know why it was i assumed it had to do with some of his uh mental mental spills yeah there's been a lot of speculation about stuff with him too and i mean I, that weighs heavy on people man like that's hard stuff. It's even harder being in the public eye and spotlight while you're navigating your stuff too. Yeah. I was just looking to see if I have a screenshot from the article, but not both screenshots, which the first, I sent them to Justin and I was like, whoa, Justin, did you see this? 
he doesn't care but he was like <laughs> whoa like, no yeezy he entertained yeah. me i've never been a big kanye music guy i know people love him. oh Justin, and it's not that i'm not him. into him yeah it's not that like i don't like his music i've just never really been drawn mm. to it no high school justin had like 808 and heartbreaks i think that's the album on repeat uh-huh. constantly always and still to that's this funny. day you're just watching home videos do you ever get to do you ever watch home videos uh like of us yeah we don't have home videos we're mexican we're poor man Re- really yeah not everybody has home videos no we don't have no home videos are you serious I we were poor serious. as well but we they did they, my parents did have a camcorder like and it's yeah, not we didn't they prioritized that i guess i think too that my parents just weren't they're not techie, which is so funny, though, because oh, yeah. now my dad literally records and takes photos of everything. Maybe that's part of why it's because he didn't he wasn't he able didn't to when access. he was younger. Yeah. yeah. So but we take videos all the time of our kids because and sometimes we'll lay in bed at night like we do this at least once a month and we'll look back at their baby photos and we'll get mm. all sad. We'll watch videos and we'll be like, oh, my God, Sterling, he's turning seven. Look, he was this old. So we'll do that all the time now. And mostly because and with the new iOS update. You have like the previews, like they'll give you like old photos from your feed. Not necessarily that they happened like, like today is February 24th. Not that they all happened on February 24th. They'll just pick random photos to show you that are memories. So I really like that. And a lot of times it's like, it's just really cute photos of our kids. Wow. No, I, home videos are like, that, that makes me really bummed out because we all, they're all the same. Cause we were watching Justin's family's home videos this weekend and they were literally exactly the same that my parents also <laughs> took of me. Like I've literally watched them feeling like I was watching me as a child. And like That's so my mom cracks up laughing every time we pop in an old VHS, which I have them all. That's what I was just like looking for. I have an entire drawer full of our VHSs with every intent to watch. So do you them. have a VCR? Yes. Yes. We have a VCR so that we can play the home videos, but we also should That's get legit. them transferred into like digital format, but oh yeah, they yeah. all parents do this, and they did it back in like handheld days. Which this is what I wish that we still had like this, just constant running of video. Which now we just like do little blips, and like there's yeah. something so special about just like the camcorder running, and like you just hearing conversations of people, and like nobody uh-huh. is like actually like ready or anticipating the camera necessarily. But what was funny and in common with Justin's home videos and my parents' home videos were that moms, like if they have multiple children, all of their focus goes on the baby when like the three or four year old is wildly entertaining and like running around being super like, look at me, look at me, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And mom's just like focused on the baby and the baby's not moving. (laughs) The baby just sits there like. They just have their head and they're kind of like just trying to keep it balanced and barely moving yeah and i literally my mom when we watch ours she's like i don't know why i'm not moving the camera to you like i'm literally just looking at ben and he's not he's no no fun to watch whatsoever and i'm over here like singing and you can't even see me in the frame justin's mother did the same thing and i literally looked at her and i was like dude i don't know what this is and she was like it's the new shiny object like you're just you're so laser focused as right, a mother right. on this new child that like, yeah, it's, it was, it was interesting. So like, I'm going to try to be cognizant of that whenever I enter like motherhood 
yeah and have multiple kids and do that and be like oh do try not you, to ignore the older one because this like you, okay you thing. have to pull about home videos too and okay. ask if people had them okay pull about that for sure wow and i'm thinking of t- there's two memes that come to mind when you talk about the baby uh there's one <laughs> have you seen men in black yes okay so you know the scene where the like the little guy's living in the face and he's like operating the human and the face comes off he's like this really raisin looking little alien and he's just there he's like yes dying okay have you seen the meme that it's like newborn newborn photographers be like and it basically shows like the little alien like how they're all passed out and like gross looking and that's what it's like to photograph a newborn baby no because they're so hideous they're ugly so right oh yeah they're not cute i was all right i'm gonna find that meme and i'll send it to you okay i was a hideous baby that's another thing justin and i talk about a lot is like you don't know what your kids are gonna look like like and you've been through this but you like literally you're like i wonder what they're just what what are they gonna look like what are they gonna become like who are who will they be and i said that the other day i was like what do you think our children will like do with their lives and he's like i think if we have a daughter she'll definitely be an entrepreneur and i was like wow but yeah Anyways, he, I, I think about what our child would look like and he's like, well, if they are anything like you, they will not be a cute baby. And I'm like, I know. They will not what? They will not be a cute baby. Oh no. I was so. He so, even says you were an ugly my baby. My mother says I was an ugly baby. Like I was a hideous. Now I was preemie. I was f- four pounds when I was born and so it took me a while to get into like cute chubby. And then when I got cute chubby, I was still bald. Like I was bald until I was two. So like there's Dude, not Ellie. many things about a bald baby that are cute. Sterling was like, we called him an old man baby. Like he looks like an old man. And I remember thinking he was so cute. We look back at photos. We're like, dude, he was ugly. Yeah. And it's just, he's the, he's a handsome he is. kid now. He is. Like he is a good looking kid. Ellie was just a chunk. Like she was thick. She had four chins. I'm not oh kidding. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she had four chins. And that girl has like, she is so adorable too. She's not that like we want our kids to like focus on their weight, but she's really slimmed down too. You would have never guessed that she was a four chin baby. Wow. Uh, but she was, she's yeah. She's a healthy baby. So Lara's brother, um, they, and they talk about this all the time. He's, it's her oldest brother that he was the cutest baby ever. And he is not ugly he's just not you some might assume that he was going to be like the most good looking person he's a very average looking person and then you have babies that are like really really ugly and then they you know they get cuter as they get older and then you got people that have really then they're really cute babies and then when they get older they're not as cute so it's really interesting you probably want an ugly baby like, I was an ugly baby. You probably want to roll the dice on an ugly baby. Super ugly baby. And that's okay. If your baby is not. And you know what? When you have, if you're listening to this and you have a baby and you're like, no babies are ugly. I do know people that believe this. I'm like, sorry, we are cut from a different cloth. Can we pull people on that too? If they think that they're ugly babies. Yes. There are, in my opinion, ugly babies. As an ugly I baby, have... I can tell you there are ugly babies. I was. Can we post. We should post some baby photos of ourselves. That would be so funny. I'm right. I was a cute little kid, I think. Justin said once I got hair, I was like genuinely really cute. It just, it was like hair. Ellie was bald, man, from the start. Like it took her, oh my God, it took her like two years to start really growing hair. Like it just was not there at all. That was me, which is surprises me. She's got really dark hair. Yeah. 
Ellie's got a ton of hair now. She's got really curly hair. So, okay, so the second thing that I wanted to bring out, we just went on a rabbit trail. That's okay. That's what this shooting the shit is for. Second thing um, is I actually found my yearbook the other day. Okay, this is a really, like, nice caveat from talking about being a baby and baby photos. Got it. Yeah, I found my my yearbook, um, and I was going through it. And did you write, like, did you have a a high school yearbook? Mm Mm-hmm. And did people sign them and like write things? Mm, not in high school. Um, really? Not in high school. In like middle school and elementary school, yes. But in high school, maybe they did. But I, I just like recall my senior yearbook. And like if anything yeah. occurred, I was gone already because I like left early to go to college. Like I left classes like at eleven a.m. and then went to college yeah. at eleven a.m. So I was gone. So I don't I don't really recall much signing in high school, but I do in middle school. And yeah, in high school, uh, it was just w- crazy. I went through and read all of the article, like not articles, but like these paragraphs that people wrote. And it's just so crazy. Like it took me back to, and so I went to, you know, really Hispanic high school and there were the amount of misspelled words and misspelled sentences and just like, you know, like people would spell like instead of that, they'd say dat, D-A-T, and they'd like spell in the way that they talk. Uh Now, this might be a cultural thing too and stuff like that, Um, but it was just so interesting to go back and read some of the stuff. I showed Lara. I wish I had my yearbook down here so I could show you. But when we got our photos taken, like we, and I think this has to do with people getting senior photos Um, because I had senior photos, but it's because my uncle took my photos and he didn't even tell me what we were doing. I thought we were going on a photo walk in downtown and he ended up taking pictures of me. Well, in our senior spot, it looks like we're all in suits. Like we all have suits on. That's just a little rectangle, except it wasn't a full, like we didn't wear a full suit. They literally put like a bib on us that like covered our shoulders and like went down to like our belly button so we'd literally just get a headshot. So it looks like we're in a full-blown suit, but we're just wearing like bibs. A bib. It's like a tuxedo bib, but it it's got layers. Like it's 3D. It's not like a t-shirt. Do you have behind shirt. the scenes of this or just the legit? Oh, I just have the legit one. Okay. I wish I could find I it, but too. I remember so walking into the the gym to get these photos on backdrops and I was like, "What what is that bib?" And the girls, they had like dresses too. So it was like a bib dress, a bib tuxedo. It was crazy. What? And Lara was like, that is so freaking weird. And I didn't feel like it was weird, but I think it had to do with um, senior photos. She's like, yeah, in our yearbook, everyone just showed their senior photos. Same. So she grew up in Derby, yeah. upper middle class uh, kind of area, and everyone got their senior photos. Nope, yeah. not not in Southeast Houston. Wow. No, we, we had senior photos as well. Some people had really cool ones. Plus, senior photos were very different when we went to high school. Um, that's true that they are now i feel like they were more studio yes because i had got mine done in the studio and they were just and they were fine um but we did put that in like the very back of the yearbook there was yeah. like your parents wrote you a letter and like there were like childhood photos of you and like your senior photo yeah, next no, to we it didn't do that yeah so that people was people really paid for cool. pages i know in derby yes like you pay for a page that's what my parents did they paid for like i think my parents paid for it's either a quarter of a page or half of a page or you can do like you could pay for a full page and it helped yearbook staff like fund the yearbook, fund the yearbook and all that but, stuff. Yeah. which is a really good idea um but Dude, you know what i need to find like these bibs like i'm gonna have to look for them online no, because seriously. it literally 
it went around the neck and everything. Like it was, it was wild. Do but it. Lair was like, wow, everyone got a tux. And I was like, actually, no, these were like, and I tried to describe it and her jaw just dropped. She could not believe That's it. So I'm going to have to try to find that. Yeah. I, yeah. I wrote it down. So you don't forget. Um, you bringing up your it books is funny because a couple of weeks ago, my brother and I were on a flight and he was like, have you ever opened up dad's yearbooks? And I was like, no, why? And he, my dad, the people, the things people were writing to him, he was a freaking party animal. Like every single what? person that wrote to my father all said like, can't wait to see you at a part. And granted, this is the seventies. So like yeah. they're saying things like, can't wait to see you at a party. Like we're going to have those high times. Like all of this just Whoa. hilarious <laughs> How 70s does that make you talk. think of your father? Well, I knew this about my dad when he, I mean, it was the seventies and he had like hair yeah. longer than mine. Which so he's, he's probably a hippie, you know? He was a total hippie. And now, you know, he's experimenting, yes. all yes. sorts of stuff. Yeah. And he became very, um, like he probably hasn't, even like experimented with anything since potentially well, was, when that I was, was that really phase young. Like that was like grow up, you know, grow exactly. up, you get your job, you leave the seventies behind. Yep. He's got like incredible work ethic. And I know like wow. he even like everybody smoked cigarettes back in the nineties, but he quit smoking cigarettes. Like the second, I want to say this is true. Like it was like pretty much right when he found out that my mom was pregnant. Like, so like, that's kind of like how my dad is he's a rule follower as an adult like but in in high school he was fun he was hippie and like the things people were writing I just I wonder if anybody else has if you haven't gone and looked at your parents yearbooks to see what people write about them do it because my brother and I were cracking up laughing it was great good times oh my gosh I have like so my mom, her senior year, she was walking around with a kid. That kid was me. Oh, wow. That kid was me. And I actually went to the same high school that my mom and dad went no to. No way. Yeah, yeah. And it looked exactly the same from when they when they went. I remember us like touring the high school and they're like, these halls haven't changed a bit. And then my dad was like, you remember that? You remember the stairwell, babe? And I was like, oh my God, shut up. No, I don't want to hear you know, That's about really this. That's really cute yeah. for them. It's, it's, my parents are very affectionate. Like I think I've heard my dad's always slapping my mom's butt. I'm like doing the same thing to Lara all the time. Like, I don't know that if there's a time that Lara walks by me that I don't slap her butt. Yeah. Justin would say the same thing. Although I'm not affectionate. I think you've told me Lara is not as affectionate as you are either. No, I'm always like, hug me, touch me, like hold my arm. Like literally just, will you poke me? Will you? Yeah. And I'm like, do I have to? Lara, you should pull about this too. Lara is like, I'm always, always, always like, babe, will you scratch my back? Will you, will you scratch my beard? Like just, and she, it's, she puts up with it. Yeah. And she'll be like, oh, fine. Yeah. Like, but literally. She'll, it's so funny. Literally. Justin will beg, like literally beg for Me him too. to be able to play with my hair. Are, do you have any? Oh, no, I, I don't. But Lara's hair is pretty short. He is uh, he's been obsessed with hair since he was little. Like he's always, he always played with his mom. It was like soothing for him to like twirl. Yeah. Okay. To twirl okay. Hair. I can see that. So he like will twirl my hair to go to bed. Like he'll be laying in bed and twirling my hair. When we first met the very first day we met his, I felt his arm behind me twirling my hair the first day and everybody <laughs> I was with thought it was the cutest thing. And I remember thinking, I don't know this guy and why is he touching my hair? But I'm not like Get affectionate in that way. 
And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I remember being like, but also at the same time, really flattered that like, I was like, wow, he's into me. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so funny. Little did you know that that was like, he's really digging you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my mother, when we first met, she was always saying like, this is what I've always hoped for is that like, you'd have somebody that would like treat you like a queen. And he 100% did when we first met. 100%. That's, that's great. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It was Dang. really cool. <sighs> so uh, with all of these light topics, we, we kind of got a, it was heavy at first when we started discussing it. Like uh, we're not going to lie y'all. We were pretty stumped by, by this topic in terms of how to reconcile it and bring you guys information that was going to really help you navigate our topic today. Ashley actually polled about our topic and um, it was over in an overwhelming response to this. Would you agree? Yeah, we, I was, it was actually really fun. This was the first time that we polled, like, what are you guys like wanting to hear and to hear your feedback and seeing like the vast majority through the entire time the poll was live, the entire time this poll or the, this topic was ahead. So many people struggle with how do I, navigate what I want with these financial contributions for my family. What do I do with these finance? Like what comes with it? What strings are attached? Like so many people are wondering that. And it was kind of enlightening to see that like consistently through the 24 hour period, that poll was live. That was always the one that was ahead. Yeah, it was, it was crazy to see that. I actually thought that, um, I think it was like help my mother's, my mom's controlling my wedding was going to be the first Me one. Too. And that was second. That was second, um, which I would imagine we will still cover that topic. Oh, same. Um, at some point, but it was, I didn't think this was going to be the one that people kind of flocked to. No, me either. But I can consistently see that it's, it's always the things. And have we said what that question was that we are covering today? I don't yes, know if we've I just even did. introduced our topic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, accepting money from other people, I guess. Um, who knows how we never really know what we're going to name the title of it being, but essentially in a nutshell, that's what it is. It's, I think the topics that really resonate with people, which is the same thing with like my mother, mother mother-in-law or whatever is controlling my wedding, but it's how to handle and navigate conversations and difficult conversations with people that you love. And that's kind of what this entire topic is consisting of and this also was triggered because last week when Chris and I recorded we were like let's kind of decide what we're going to record ahead of time and normally Mm -hmm. we would decide on this like the day before and we were like let's let's do this early like what do we feel like is really resonating with us now and Chris had seen multiple people post Mm -hmm. about this topic which was he was like I feel like people are struggling with this right now because we also have other topics that we feel like are super juicy but we're in February we're in March people, people aren't really aren't getting really married like, right now mm-hmm. there's some there's some good stuff for after the wedding after the marriage that we're going to be talking about too but right now we really are in a planning phase where a lot of people yeah. are planning especially lots of 2020 brides you know that are moving over to 2021 they're still in that planning planning phase so yeah i agree we got some juicy ones coming and this is i feel like after we kind of uncovered it there's a lot of juice here in this one yeah you know, there's absolutely some, there's some deep stuff so um one of the posts that i saw and i'm not going to read it but it was definitely an extreme circumstance it was a circumstance to where um parents were giving money uh and 
they actually ended up stating later on during the planning phases, I, this wasn't up front, but this came later, that they basically said something along the lines of, okay, we want this to happen. If this doesn't happen, then we are going to be giving less money. So there was a straight up like, yes, now there are strings ultimatum attached as to well. this money. There's an ultimatum that, that they're going to have to choose. Um, and so I don't think this is the most common scenario. I think this is an outlier, but I do think it happens. Yeah. And there are probably people that are, that are really wrestling with it. Well, it's more of an extreme, but I think that there's something beautiful in extremes for the vast majority of people because everybody can kind of like relate to a little part of it and take a little bit of something from such an extreme scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, 100% agree. And then how, how would you describe like the more maybe common scenario that people face when it comes to this? People there's, you get this financial contribution from let's say your parents and your parents might also have, an idea for how they picture your wedding going. We've talked about this in the past. Like you do to an extent want to honor your parents and your parents' rituals and cultures and all these things that mean a lot to them, which one of those things might be where you actually decide to get married or where you decide to have your reception. Like these might be very meaningful things that mean a lot to your parents. They're contributing a big chunk to your wedding. They're expecting that this happens. And especially like if they're expecting you get married at a church, and you say no, that's like a big, there's probably big strings attached to that money for that. Yeah. And so, and, and so this phrase, I think strings attached probably is the, the best simplest way that people can understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, so, so maybe, maybe they parents don't set out and they're like, guess what, Fred, we're going to attach some strings to this bitch. Like, you know, it's just, it's not like that. It's just like, as wedding planning unfolds, as conversations are had, maybe you're talking to your mom um, about having an, you know, whatever. Maybe we're we're going to give some examples here in a little bit. But there comes a point in the conversation to where mom or dad may go, well, oh, I, I don't want it to go that way. I actually want it to go a different way or I think it should go this way. Uh, and then you're presented with, you know, you, maybe you had come to this place to where you were feeling good about a decision. You and your partner had discussed it and, and already made a decision like, oh, we're going to go this route. Well, now maybe mom or dad or both of them are feeling like, well, no, we don't want you to do that. We want you to do this. But again, intentions weren't from the start like, oh, he, he, we're pulling these strings from behind. Not this malicious thing, but in doing it, in, in the planning and as the conversations are had, you start to realize like, wow, mom and dad do have a preference. And do you think that fear starts to set in at that point for a bride and groom when like a preference is Absolutely. kind of expressed? Absolutely. And I think that you stating that like it's coming later because they're not expecting that they like, I think most parents have like great intentions when, and they expect for sure for a, a lot of them are like, I'm expecting I'm going to have to help my child because I know this event is going to cost a lot of money. And it's their wedding. They can do what they want with it. But then as the event and planning goes forth, they start to realize that they do have some wants. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of a hard thing because you're going to have to navigate that as it goes. But to at a certain extent, you can get in front of a lot of these things and maybe even yes. bring up situations like guests or where you get married. You can kind of bring these things up in the forefront to potentially avoid tension later because 
if this causes any tension in your relationship, it's because probably none of you have like talked about it or you're avoiding it because you're hoping it doesn't happen. And then there's anxiety and there's just all these things. Yeah. And, and again, anxiety is, is the potential, like fear of something that might potentially happen and you begin to, maybe it starts to keep you up at night. And so this is a very real issue for people that they're wrestling with, that they're struggling with. Maybe there's this fear of, of these strings being attached. And so what are like, let's get into some practicals, like some practical examples of some things that maybe a, a, a parents or parent might be concerned with? What do you got? So one of the things that comes to mind first for me, and this was because my mother is the life of any party. She's a freaking blast. Yeah. Can, can agree with that. 100%. She is so much fun. And so when we were planning our event, one of the things that was really important to her was we were going to have an open bar and she knew it was going to be more expensive, but that was something she really wanted. And because she really wanted that, I like kind of had to make that clear. Like, remember, this is something you're wanting. Like, I'm not asking you this. Like, yeah, it's just because I don't, I, I never, this is my relationship with money. I never wanted her to feel like I was trying to take advantage of their gifting. They're gifting me Ooh. this money. This is a contribution from my sweet parents. They don't need to be giving and they're taking this financial burden off of us. And so I had that in mind the whole time. Like I was able to have a beautiful event because of my industry friends and because my mom and my dad's contribution was like so beneficial and so helpful. So with that in mind, like I didn't want her to like end up with this huge bill at the end and then her feel like it was because I was like asking for a lot of things. So I was like, remember this is this is something you're wanting. Like I would be okay with just this. Like you're really wanting an open bar. And she's like, yes, I want the open bar. Pour the crown. Let's have fun. Let's dance. <laughs> what do you, I actually think that this is something that a lot of people can relate to with their parents because Lara's um, mom actually as well really wanted us to have um, a bar. And now it was complicated with me. I was a youth pastor at the time. I was working with teenagers. We didn't want to promote underage drinking and for anybody to feel like. So it was it was a little different for us for our reasoning why we didn't have a bar. And I actually, if I could go back, I would 100%. But that's also interesting and a good point to bring up because everybody's situation is different. And I think going Uh into this episode, that was a thing that Chris and I kind of struggled with is how do we cover every single scenario for every single person? Truth is we can't. But here, like hearing your perspective is really interesting because it's also kind of like the opposite of my perspective. And then everybody is everywhere in between and you have to figure out where you lie, where your family lies. Like only, you know, these things. Yes. And that's a big thing. Like you may be like, Oh my gosh, it does not sound like my family. Well, guess what? You know who your family is. And that is actually a huge strength. You know what they're like, you know, you can probably even like, plot out and plan out how you think they, they will respond and react, which to you should things. But I was going to ask you, what about a bar? Do you think, why is that so important to parents? I think it's because they're entertaining. I think that they like they're entertaining their friends. They are entertaining their friends. And it's also like an honor in a way like this is they're able to share their child that they raised that they are proud of. And they want to show to their people that like, 
un- unfortunately, I feel like it's a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses. It's kind of like, like kind of showing out a little yeah. bit. You know, yeah. like you want to be able to some people are like, is having a cash bar tacky? Like I can't really afford an open bar. So ca- so then there's that. Mm-hmm. You, it's a keeping up with the Joneses. Like you're afraid to that. hurt people or like what are people going to think? It's a lot of yeah. It's like other people's. The, the Wilsons, the neighbors that we grew up with, their daughter got married and they had an open bar, and now they're going to come to our wedding and we have a cash bar and we're going to make them pay for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want them to judge us because we, you know, maybe they're going to think we couldn't we couldn't afford that and like maybe we can't afford that, but I don't want them to know that we can't afford that. Like, there's all of these factors. Ugh, that's how yeah, that makes me feel. It can get pretty messy, I think, pretty quickly. Um, another one might be guest lists, like who they actually want to invite. Like, you know, you have your thing. And, and we've talked about guest lists before. We hit on this in guest list anxiety, so we won't spend too much time on it. But it's like, you know, they have their people, their work friends that they want to invite and that they might talk to. So this could be something that they have an opinion about. Um, or it might go against your wedding why. So maybe you want to have a smaller, more intimate thing with just, you know, 50 of your closest people. And you might have some family members, uh, your aunt and uncle, for instance, maybe that you're not close with. But now mom and dad, absolutely, you cannot not invite Aunt Vicky and Uncle Troy. Like you got to do it. You got to invite them. And it doesn't quite line up with your vision for what to you want to see happen. So there could be some potential butting of heads kind of with guest lists too. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree because there, there's coworkers. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said this in a previous episode, like there to an extent, I think it's easy to hop on this idea of I it's my wedding. I want everybody I want to be there to be there. Like I don't want them to invite their coworkers that I don't know. And while I agree with that to an extent without it going overboard, there's also a beauty of your parents can have a good time too if they get to have their mm-hmm. people. So there's there's a lot to unpack there. And I think you're right. We don't need to unpack all of it because we already did. But Yep, yep. But yeah. bringing it up, I mean, that's, that's another one. But it's still um, an obligation with money because there mm-hmm. is strings attached when money gets involved sometimes that you need have to kind of expect that they are going to. Like they feel be like able they get a say. Someone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What else? Uh, what else do we got? Well, we I hit on earlier the venue and like if your parents want to get married at a church, that might be a string that they might have attached. But then there's also like your dress. There are so many horror stories that I've heard with brides going in to find their perfect dress. And again, not only is this your wedding day that you've been waiting for your entire life, but you're parents have also been waiting for your wedding day your entire life as well so your mom might have a picture of what she thinks your wedding dress should look like and that might not at all match your picture oh my gosh totally and it might be totally different if you're picking something completely opposite of what your mother is envisioning you might feel like you need to do what your mother wants because your mother is paying for the dress and while i do completely actually understand where that mindset's coming from maybe this is something that like you just decide I'm gonna cover the dress like I'm gonna save up I'm gonna make sure to have enough money so that I can pay for my dress if this is what it comes down to because I've seen a lot recently brides end up in multiple dresses like they end up buying multiple dresses oh my gosh we hear about this these these things I've had multiple of those weddings this year this is the first year that it's happened to me. Multiple 
weddings. They're like, well, this actually wasn't my first dress. This was my second dress because I got the first dress due to influence from other people. And then the second dress that they actually do, they end up going and looking for it all by themselves, which I also think is a great idea, but also like really a hard idea because it's a very fun experience being with everybody else. But they end up picking out something completely different than they picked out with people that were with them, which we're going to, Chris and I have already said, we're going to have a dress episode. We're probably going to have a dress expert on with that episode who's been through and seen hundreds of thousands of people come through their doors and they know kind of how to help you navigate that dress situation. But that's another money contribution that you kind of, it, it comes up. Yeah. 100%. And I know we plan on, we do dress topic is an episode that we've talked about for a long time. So that will be an episode that will be coming. There's so much that goes into that, that I cannot even begin to understand as a male. Um, But I also know that it is a heavy topic. I'm going to pull on that and see if people want to hear that one soon. That could be, like, are people looking for dresses right now? I wonder, you know, like that's kind of, that might, that might be a really good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. Um, so these are just, we wanted to give you guys a few ideas and few topics, but of, of like some actual examples of strings that, that might be there that are tied to money. And again, parents aren't like intentionally placing these strings there. A lot of times as the wedding process and planning goes on, they start to see that, oh, wow, this matters to me. This is important to me. And so like Ashley was talking about, we, a lot of this has to come down to getting comfortable, not getting comfortable, <laughs> getting ahead of you know this whole kind of topic. And so we actually have a bit of advice that we are very proud of uh, that we've kind of come up for you guys to help you navigate and get ahead of this. So much of navigating these difficult conversations, which has been a theme like Ashley mentioned with so much of this stuff has to do with getting ahead of it and you sitting down and putting in intentional thought with this. Absolutely. And it all starts with, and we hit on this every single episode and it's back in episode two for wedding planning, freaking sucks. But before you do and dive into anything of your wedding, or if you're already in the middle of it, just sit down and workshop your wedding why. Why are you celebrating your wedding with, wait, why are you, why are you celebrating your marriage with a wedding? What is that yes. why behind it? What is your purpose and what is your vision? Because that is going to allow you to feel like you have ground to stand on when you're showing up to have some difficult conversations with the people that you love who might financially be contributing. When they know you have this vision and this why, it's really hard to argue with your why. So if you haven't figured that out yet, pause this, go back to episode two, listen to that, dive into that, download the freebie, figure out that why, and then come back. We're not going to be offended. That's just such an important thing to really drill in that once you have that nailed, a lot of these conversations are so much easier because if your why is I want to have an intimate gathering of both of our families and then all of a sudden, dad wants to invite Joe and Lucas and Paul from work. And that has nothing to do with your intimate gathering of families. You're going to have ground to stand on. And he can also say, oh, that makes sense. I get it. I yep. get it. it. It just really lays such a solid foundation to you. And so that's first step. You got to have that. You got to have 
that established. And then you have to develop a pullout method, essentially. That's right. Like you have to pull out, protect your wedding. Is that what we called it? Yeah, your pop, your your pop method. Yeah, your but that's what we call it, right? Pull out. Pull out. Pull out proof. Pull out proof. There you go. You pull have to proof. pull out proof your wedding. The example that I gave earlier, um, where there was a family that was that was saying this, there in their specific instance, they had already the extreme that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. They were x amount of months out from their wedding. It was very short and. The parents were wanting to make some changes that would really leave them affected to where essentially what was said was, if you don't make these changes, then we're not going to pay for this. And that thing was a big old venue, you know, and can you imagine the stress and anxiety that are that that this couple's going through now? They're like, oh, my gosh, what what do we do? Like, we don't know what to make. And so this could be a position that you find yourself into where maybe you are giving into your parents the strings that are there because you're worried that without their help, we won't be able to execute this day because we've already put down down payments. There's contracts that are signed. There's deposits. There's all sorts of stuff. And you're worried about losing that money that has already been placed there or even worse, having to find a new photographer or vendor, you know, a new vendor or, or venue or something like that because, you know, mom and dad, now there's a fight and now that money that was on the table is no longer on the table. So you have to pull out proof your wedding, which simply means that you develop a system that if your parents were to pull out the financial assistance that was on the table, um, whether that was maliciously or due to unforeseen circumstances like a pandemic mm-hmm. and dad, you know, had to go into his 401k. Things and happen. Things happen. Life happens. Um, that you are not screwed. Yeah. And that you are not left scrambling. You're going to be able to still have your, your wedding. wedding that nails your why you're going to be yes. still be able to have your wedding that nails your why and before you even really can come up with that budget to do that guest list draft which we just talked about in episode eight guest list anxiety like pull out a piece of paper and write down according to your why what's your wedding why now make your guest list, make that draft because when you go to do your pullout proof budget, your pop, your pop, we're going to call it pop, your pop budget, pop your wedding. When you go to do your pop budget, you're going to be able to say, okay, with our guest list draft, including all of these people that maybe my parents might want to invite and like we're considering all scenarios here, here's like our ideal guest list. We're going to be able to say this is 175 people we have to feed, 175 people we have to give alcohol to, 175 invitations that we need to. Well, that's not completely true, but just roll with it. (laughs) So 175 invitations, all of these things are going to affect your budget. And so once you have that number and you pull out proof your budget, you now know there's not going to be like really as many surprises and you're prepared for basically the next step. Yes. Yes, 100%. That's step zero. Go ahead. One more thing before we dive into kind of like moving into the next step for the hard conversations. Think about your wedding as, remember it's one day. It's not, your relationships are going to last forever. Your wedding is one day. Mm -hmm. 
and consider how much debt do we want to go in for our wedding? Really, your answer should be none because weddings on average are $33,000, like 33, 35, depending on where you are in the country. But on average, and again, that's average. Exactly. Maybe higher, you may be lower. Yes. So keeping that in mind, no, let's say you are banking off of this 33,000 number that's average. And you're like, okay, I know that that's like maybe what I can expect. So what else can I do with $33,000? Am I also trying to buy a home? Are we also trying to have a baby? Like what are all of these other things that are happening in our life kind of at the same time-ish? Like right after you get married, you might go into buying a house right away. So that's also coming. Consider that when you're deciding what your budget that you're going to be able to contribute to your wedding if nobody else is helping you. This is your plan D. What is your budget? that you're contributing. When you think about that, also think about your money needs to go elsewhere too in your life. You don't want to go in debt. You don't want to throw this like worldly extravagant party and then afterwards be paying it for years because really in reality, it's one day. What is your why? Oh yeah. Or even deplete your savings and then you're left like with that. You know, life happens. Life happens. This is such a good thing to bring up during this episode is like, Sure, you could throw a $40,000 wedding, but should you? Yes. And that's for you to decide. But I think you even asking that question will serve you well. Yeah, and it'll also make you think, well, do I really need to have and spend $10 per person for this like ornate, amazing looking chair? Like, is that something that I really, really need to spend $1,500 on total for people to sit their ass in and maybe to accomplish your why maybe that's a yes or maybe you realize you know what we can accomplish our why with half of this budget and then we look into our and our our life wise like maybe you have some other things outside of your wedding that are dreams and hopes and and things maybe you have children or a business on the future that you want to start i mean like you 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 have permission to think outside of your wedding day when it comes to how you spend your money and think a little bit down the road with how it might affect you. I love that point, Ashley. That was so good. Yeah. Well, and also, Chris, this is a little bit of a backtrack potentially. They need to figure out what their priorities are. Have we talked about this already? No, nope, we haven't okay, talked about Okay, I'm like, I'm having this priorities. weird deja vu, but they no. need to figure out their priorities. This would be the next step is that you need to identify your must-haves, your priorities. Yeah. What, what are, what is it something that like you need absolutely for you to accomplish your why or for you to, maybe it's photography. So that might not be about your why, but that's more about capturing your memories of your wedding vision and your wedding why and being able to relive it. Maybe it's your venue because you guys really want to get married at, in your home state where you guys met and you don't live there anymore. Mm -hmm. That's part of your why. So your venue might be a huge priority. Photography might be a huge priority. Video might be a huge priority. Alcohol might be a huge priority. Like whatever that looks like for you, you guys need to define what is a huge priority for us. What are our top like three, I would say, three-ish priorities? Because that is where your budget needs to go first before anything else and then you can kind of divide and conquer with the rest and that will let you know like when you when you make these priorities you determine these must-haves you will then know like okay 
these things are really important to us. We are probably going to throw the most money at these things. And you cannot, and these almost become your non-negotiables. Like, oh yeah, we have to have these things. Yeah. And so then you start to realize like, all right, we did venue. Uh, we did photographer and we did, um, what's another DJ. Uh, open we want to have a good party. Yeah. DJ. And you went all in on like the top DJ. That's like really, really good. Cause it's area. really important to you. It's part of your why. And 50% of your budget is already, you're at 50%. Well, now you know, okay, with the other 50%, we need to get attire, we need to get catering, we need to get linens, all of these things. I mean, but you're left knowing with what you have. Yep. Um, so you have to determine what's important to you. Yes. And that's, I, the, that's the next thing. I think this is kind of turning into a little bit of a budget conversation, but this all goes into how you're going to be able to be equipped to have these conversations with your parents, your donors, yes. your in-laws, whoever these people are. So when you're thinking of these priorities and you have the big ones out there, you know who they are. Maybe it's somebody specific. Reach out and you can eat like venues. Let's say you have like 10 venues that you really like and then you have like your top three. Just like reach out to them and figure out what their price is because you don't have to book them yet. You're just building a budget, but you can get that ballpark amount to put in that section so that you know how much of your budget on an average might be taken up by this. And then if you have a dream photographer and you're like non-negotiable about it, I know a lot of people reach out to them before they even pick anything else. Oh yeah. You need to figure out, okay, what is it going to cost me to have this person? If it's way, if it's like not happening, I'm like, okay, who else can accomplish this? And that's kind of with your venue too. If you have a dream venue, it's like, okay, I might need to compromise on this because of my pop budget. If I'm, am I, if I'm compromising, this is my compromising option. So those are kind of some things to consider, but you can always send out feelers to get pricing back while you're kind of gathering information to figure out your budget. And as I say that as a vendor, it drives me crazy when people price shop. <laughs> and gather information because I'm like, oh, no, I just want to talk and like have a meaningful conversation, but they're not ready. And I completely, yep. completely understand that, like wholeheartedly. So yeah. you're free to do that. Ask questions, get that pricing, determine this, because this is going to give you when you determine your pop budget, it's going to give you ground to stand on knowing I can do this. If And that's what. Go ahead. And that's actually the step that we're at now is you need to determine what your pop budget is. You need to determine what your pullout proof, like if you're going to pull out proof your wedding, you have to determine what you and your fiance can feasibly save uh, during your engagement. Maybe you're at a year engagement, a year and a half, maybe you're at a six month. Like really you shouldn't bank on your parents giving you money because what if they don't? What if tragedies, not tragedy, but what if unforeseen circumstances no longer allow them to? Like, you should plan a wedding that you can actually afford because you may not know um, what what they might give you and what you can do. Yeah, well, and with that, maybe you determine that your wedding and to have everything that you want might cost you at bare bones, let's say, $25,000. And if that's $25,000, it's like, okay, how much would I have to save every single month to make this $25,000 event occur? And maybe you can save $1,200 a month. And that is, I'm pulling out the calculator because again, we say this all the time, not a mathematician. Yeah, we're not math. No. People. So if you're doing a 
$1,000 wedding and you're doing $1,200 a month, that's going to take you 20 months to save that up, which is a long time. That's a long time. That's a long yeah, engagement. That a that's long almost time. a two-year engagement, which is not really something that people do. I, I know people do like 18-month engagements, 12-month engagements. So also come up with what's your realistic number that you can actually save so you can come out of this event debt-free. What can you do to just have the event that you want, come out debt-free? And also, if you're saving all this money because you're also like, if somebody pulls out their financial contribution due to unforeseen circumstances later, or maybe our vibes aren't matching, you still have the money in savings to pay for it, or you have leftover money in savings to buy that house later because everybody came through. Like that's like best case mm-hmm. scenario, but that is also not everybody's case. Not everybody has financial contributions from other people. So figure out what your number is, figure out how long it's going to take you to get to that number. And that's kind of how you can determine when your goal date should be. But what you really should try not to do or to try to do is not have to open up a credit card to yes. pay for a wedding or go into debt to pay for a wedding. Yeah. I mean, and really this step by you determining what your pop budget is, like it's essentially risk management. You're assessing like what you can do and then you're managing that risk because you are not going like the risk being you are in between a rock and a hard place. And because parents are no longer able to fulfill what they told you or the relationship is damaged and things were said and now that money is off the table, then you're in a hard place by you operating from your pop budget if that does happen you will be okay you will be fine your wedding date can still happen yes the relationship will be strained but i'm sure that you guys will work that out yeah um but that that's the next step is you determine your pop budget after that ashley what are we encouraging people to do you it is time for you to present your plan to your people and your people might be your in-laws, your people might be your parents, your people might be your grandparents. Wait, I think I, I think we might have skipped one. Did we? Maybe. Which one? What about them sitting down with their spouse or their oh my gosh, you're their fiance? so right. I and literally then... just highlighted that like we were done with it. <laughs> I just went highlight crazy. Well, I highlighted it like we did it. That's so funny. No, you're so but right. What would they do okay. before they meet with their Good people? point. You're in, before you present your plan to your people, because you are going to do that, obviously, you're going to talk with your significant other about what your expectations are for parental involvement. So what are what are you expecting your parents to what are your expectations of your parents, I guess? And what do you think that their expectations also are? Is there a better way that you can explain this? You're so much better with words sometimes. So maybe I mean, you were doing good. Thank you. I can take a crack at it. Um, I guess maybe it would just be like, you need to sit down and, and you and your fiance need to process like, okay, what do we want our, the level of our parents' involvement to be at? And you need to ask yourself that question. How involved do we want our parents to be? Maybe it's like, oh my gosh, we want them to be so involved. We want them to help us make decisions. Maybe it's, uh, on the other extreme and it's like, no, we don't want any involvement from them. Maybe you're some middle ground, whatever it is, you two can process that and then you guys can come to a decision. And then after, I mean, it's even helpful to think and anticipate what do we think that our level, our parents' level of involvement will want to be. Like, how involved do you think your parents are going to want to be? 
They might be very hands-on. You might anticipate that your mom's going to want to be at everything, the dress shopping, the photographer meeting, the, the everything. Um, and, and so if you're okay with that, not a big deal. If you're not okay with that and you anticipate that happening, this is where you can begin to problem solve and identify the issue. Um, and then you can set boundaries later. But now is when you guys are, are coming together and brainstorming with like, how involved do we want our parents? How involved do we think they're going to want to? Yeah. And both of those are very important things to ask. It's knowing your parents and having anticipating, I guess, anticipating potential conflict anticipating things they might potentially care about these are going to allow you to feel like I'm prepared walking into this or I'm prepared <coughs> with this situation or being okay because you know okay my mom is going to potentially step on my toes at least being aware of that can allow you more confidence whenever those situations do arrive or yes you're also able to like map out okay if this happens then this will be my response and really, I'll talk about this in a minute too, but I'm just going to hammer it. And we say this a lot. When conflict arises or you're getting an objection from a parent, like let's say you present this like wildish, wildish, we're Wild. rolling with it, wildish. <laughs> you present a wildish idea to them that you want a, oh, I had a wedding do this recently. Instead of like a chocolate fountain, they had like a nacho cheese fountain. So it was like a nacho fountain. Mm -hmm. And Yum. you really want to do a nacho fountain like you guys love nachos. You have nachos every Saturday. It's something that you two love. And you know your mom is going to like be like, girl, that is wildish. I, I'm not a fan whatsoever. Wildish. You can ask her. <laughs> I'm rolling with it. You can I ask her why. It. Always respond with a why because it's your intention to understand where they're coming from. And you also then can be like, they, she might say, well, because that's tacky. And then you can respond with, well, this is the purpose of our wedding. We want to celebrate and honor our love as it's unique. And this really lines up with that. Like, would you agree? And or you can say, no, mom, that faux fur jacket that you wear is tacky. And then boom, you start a <laughs> war. Mike, No, don't do that. <laughs> Take Chris's advice. No, yeah. Asking, asking why is, is, and that's such a good example because it's like, I could see a mom saying that's tacky. And then I could see a couple being like, dude, we went on our first date. It involved nachos. Like we love nachos. It's just a big part of our relationship. And so asking why, like you, yeah, it, it defuses. It seeks to a understand. Lot. It's important. Yeah. And if her why actually makes a little bit of sense to you, you can then evaluate like, okay, do I want to honor what my mom wants here? Or is there a way we can reach a compromise? Or am I just really going to stand with this conviction that this is part of my why and the vision of my wedding? And really like emphasize that to her and hope she understands yeah and that's for you to decide yeah but now ashley we are at the big one now we're at the step now we're now at the at the big step now you guys we are presenting your plan to your people I'm not calling the meeting anymore but <laughs> you're hitting them up and you're saying hey mom hey dad can we get together and can we talk about wedding plans yeah and you ooh, something else so traditionally, I'm like kind of going all over the place, but it's all the coffee. No, it's good. I like it. Traditionally, the bride's parents pay, right? Traditionally, the bride's parents pay for the wedding. Yeah. The groom's parents pay for the rehearsal dinner. I've heard recently also sometimes that the groom's parents also pay for the uh, bar, which that's actually not something I ever heard, but hmm. I've been seeing that a lot lately. That makes sense. Yeah. So 
that said, that's not necessarily the way that your family might run. Um, I know that that's not the way that we did things when we got married. Justin and I, though, did things very differently with our wedding. Um, didn't really fall. The traditions didn't really make a lot of sense for us and the way that our wedding was structured. And so maybe that's not going to be the way that it's going to, it will be for you. Maybe his parents or her parents. And also like you, it might be two brides. Then what? Yeah. You know what, what I happens? mean? So you this need is a really good point that you might even like right when, even before this meeting, you might even let like, go ahead and if, you're not down with that and you also find and you know that your family dynamics won't work with what Ashley just outlined, you know, bride's parents pay for the wedding and then groom's parents cover honeymoon in the bar or or the reception dinner or reception, that's normally what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Reception dinner and bar or whatever. If you know that that does not fit your family dynamics, go ahead and let your parents know that ahead of time and groom's parents like, "Hey, we just want you guys to know like we're going to sit down and have budget meetings, but um, or you can even bring that up during this meeting. Like, hey, we don't expect you guys to pay for everything. Like, and his parents, hey, we don't, like, here's typically what happens, or this was a thing in the past. Like, we're not operating under that. So this is why we wanted to have this meeting um, to just share you how we are going to be operating. Yeah. Share with you. Yeah. And there are a few different ways that you can also mitigate some of these um, budgetary limitations and plans like you're obviously coming to the table with we're expecting that we could contribute this amount of money if we don't get any help so you have a portion of money and then you might get a portion of money from one spouse's parents and a portion of money from the other spouse's family and so then we have like this whole budget that could be split up into thirds and then everybody kind of has equal say. But there's a lot of things that go into the budgetary aspect of how this could potentially line up. And while this is not a budgeting episode, um, know that the way that you guys choose to do it is going to be the thing that makes the most sense for your family dynamic. So there is not a one size yes. fits all. If it's you're splitting your budget into thirds, if you're paying for everything on your own, if your family is paying for everything, just know that with financial contributions, there will be expectations. And it's why you just put in all of this work with your budget so that when you get to your meeting, you've done all the work beforehand. I, we don't, it may feel like Ashley said earlier, like this turned into a budgeting thing. This is not a budgeting episode, but in order for you to navigate these strings and this weird dynamic that's there, you got to figure this out beforehand. So go ahead, Ashley. Yeah. So what you're going to do with this, meeting where you present your plan to your people. I love all the peas happening today. Pop plan, present your plan to your people. You're <laughs> going to first and foremost present to them your vision, your why. Why are you celebrating with a wedding? You did this before you did anything else. Remember that episode two. Go listen. You're going to present to them your why because when you're sharing your game plan with everybody, we all can start from the exact same page. And then when you move into these next steps, everybody is operating from the same bubble. Everybody's like, okay, I kind of have a picture for what they want their wedding to look like. Here's what's next. So then you're going to tell them your priorities. You've you outlined these together. These are my must-haves. These are my non-negotiables. These are my priorities. And then this is where you come to them with 
the plan that you guys created. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris is Sorry, I just put a tum in my mouth. Is your tummy <laughs> bothering you? Um, maybe. I put a lot of pepper in my soup that I ate before this. Oh, and I think it's boiling hot like, soup. It was way too much. Oh, that's so anyways, I have eaten my tum. My tums <laughs> my tum tum tum's gonna be okay. Yeah, so this is when you actually sit down with them and you have this conversation. Um, and this is where all of the work will pay off to you. And this is where you are actually going to lay it all out. Here are the details. Here's our, don't call it a pop budget, but here's our budget. Like, well, what's a pop budget? Oh, it's our pullout plan in case you leave us and we can't afford. No, don't, don't say that. But let them know we've evaluated our budget. Here's what we feel like we can feasibly save between now and then. Here's the venue that we're considering. The photographer, you lay out your priorities. You share it all with them. All the hard work that you guys have have done um, in that in this planning phase is you share it and you put it all out on the table. And then after you've shared it, you ask them for input. You say, what do you guys think about that? Or there's our plan. What are your thoughts? And at some point during this process, they may stop you and say, hey, well, just so you know now, like we're actually going to be contributing X amount of dollars. And then boom, you got the answer you're looking for. Or maybe it's at this point after you've shared it where they're like, well, we want you to know we're going to be contributing this. Or maybe they don't say anything. Maybe they don't say they're going to be contributing any money. What do they do then, Ashley? Well, if you're if you're grown up enough to get married sister i want you to know that you're also grown up to have a grown-up conversation with your parents and if you need to directly ask them you're, you're gonna have to directly ask them because you do yeah. need to know you need to move forward with this clarity of what this is how this is going to unfold and if they're not saying anything maybe they're more passive maybe they think you don't want their help because you are presenting them with a plan you, that's very true you can say like you're like what are your thoughts and they're like oh yeah i think that sounds great so were you planning to contribute financially at all to this wedding? Like what, what were you kind of picturing walking into this? Because you also might be thinking or knowing you also might know, let's say they've already told you before they're, they're like, Hey, I know you guys are thinking about getting married. I want you to know we're going to be giving you $10,000. So maybe you know this ahead of time. And if you know this ahead of time and you're sitting here listening, like, okay, I already know how much they're budgeting. Well then, you knew that and you could kind of plan that with your pop plan. Your pop plan is if their financial contribution comes out. But Yeah, don't put that money. If they've already told you they're going to give you, you know, 5, 10, 15 grand, don't put that in your pop budget because if that goes away, you're going to be left screwed. Right, because it might um, go away. That's that's kind right. of like what we're trying to get here. And also, this is to equip you to be able to have the wedding that you picture because they may picture something different. And so having your pop plan allows you to be able to have, again, that ground to stand on so that you can have the event of your dreams because nobody else is financially tied to your event and their opinion doesn't weigh as much. Yeah, and so you may have to get to the point to where you directly ask them, like Ashley said. Um, another thing that you could do during this portion is if you want to plan ahead, let's say that... You actually feel like you and your fiance, like you guys have been saving and you guys are really good at that. And let's say you had a nice egg already that you were sitting on with this and that you guys feel like you can pay for 75% of the wedding, that you guys can actually take care, take care of that. And then maybe you're left with two big pieces. Let's say uh, that you don't know how you're going to cover catering and the bar. Uh, plan A for the bar 
if you don't get any help oh, is you're is just going to buy a shit ton of Budweiser, Bud Light, you know, just that All 2% piss water. Yeah. I don't drink that, but you know. Anyways, if you if that if that's what you can pull off, hey, great job. And but maybe this this whole thing and so you let them know like hey, and they're like, "Well, what if what if they say, "Well, what do you need help with?" And you're just expecting a dollar man. Well, maybe you can go, well, you know, uh, one of the things that we feel like we could really, there's two big question marks in the air. Right now, that's the bar and that's the catering. Our plan right now, like we would love to have an open bar or something like this or a partial cash bar to where we can like contribute. signature drinks. Uh, yeah, signature drinks, something like that. And and we'll cover up to $2,000 of the tab and then the rest is, you know, people cover. Oh, yeah, have yeah. Have you heard of those? I don't know what those are called. but I don't either. That's like a partial cash bar like once it hits a certain point then people start paying normally by then people are trashed and they'll, they'll start paying yeah so but anyways and then let's go and say you know how would you feel like would you want to take on the bar scenario or or do, would you want to take on catering like those are the two big question marks in the air for us and then you can give them something that they directly know that they're contributing to yeah um i love so that that's an idea because they might ask you with a, what do you need and if you go uh uh i don't know Mm-hmm. that could be something that's really easy. Yeah, no, I really love that because also if that financial contribution falls through, you still have a plan to be able to give alcohol and you could also go to the cash bar. Like, and that's just yeah. the way it's going to be. But I think also presenting that to your parents, like when you're giving them your pop plan, they're saying, you say like, and we'll have a cash bar because you know, a lot of our budget went to these priorities and they might say, oh, well, I want them to have an open bar. And so that can get them to say, these are my expectations. So when they give you a financial contribution, you know already what's tied to that financial contribution. You know, they want an open bar, so they better get that open bar. Yep. So. Yep, yep, yep. I have a, qu- I have a question. Ask away. So let's say, let's go back to the scenario where they, you have direct parents maybe, or you guys have been talking about your wedding for a while. So you already know what your parents are planning to contribute. What would this conversation look like then? So you're, you're Um, creating your pop budget. You're creating your pop plan. You have a goal date for when you want your wedding to be. Now you're having your meeting with your parents already knowing what their budget is. You know, we've been talking about not planning your wedding with like your this budget in mind. Like, so if it's like, oh, if they've told you 15, you know, maybe don't rely on that. But maybe, maybe they can rely on that. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, like maybe, maybe you should take that into account. But maybe the thing that you need to take into account is the fact that, like, cause it'd be pretty hard to plan if you don't take that into account. I know. But that's why I'm sitting but, here you maybe want to gauge the risk like how how much involvement or let me choose a better word how controlling are your parents that's a very more direct phrase to throw out there with this are they the type of parents that are going to want to control everything if that's the case you might you just need to be extremely intentional and be very direct with like hey guys like i'm going to be really honest like I'm starting to have fears. Like I know that you guys said that you guys would give us 10 grand for the wedding. Um, 
I've noticed that you are becoming more and more vocal about things. And mom, I know that we've gotten into arguments about the centerpieces and, and, uh, you know, I'm just really worried that if I do something that upsets you, that you're going to pull the money off the table and that that's not going to be a thing. I know. I'm sorry if that sounds bad. I'm not trying to attack your character, but that's a fear that I have right now. And I just wanted to talk about that. Is that something that would happen? And then just have the conversation and and see where, see where it goes. You mean, it's going to take a moment of vulnerability and maybe, yeah, I mean that, that's the only thing that I think can come to mind. You got to gauge the risk and then enter into a conversation. If you start to see the early warning signs, which the early, early warning signs of, um, this might be parents are becoming more and more vocal. They always have something to say about a decision that you're making or processing. Um, those are maybe early warning signs. If anything, not that they're going to play that card, like there's strings attached, but that you're at least feeling that anxiety and you need to alleviate that anxiety. And the only way to alleviate it is to get clarity, probably by entering into a direct conversation. <laughs> Ashley's mic, she just tapped it. And it just like collapsed. She's through my face. <laughs> yeah, you were like, oh. Well, Chris. But I, that would be the thing, I think. That, that's what comes to mind. I think we should pivot this conversation, which we didn't super plan on. But I actually think that this is really important and something that people are struggling with. So let's talk about it is... A lot of people's fear. So when we, when Chris and I had planning this episode in mind, we thought about the pop budget and how this can equip you to have the wedding that you're planning for to alleviate a lot of anxiety, but also to have like a plan F. If all else fails, you can still throw the wedding on your plan F. And that's the goal of this creation. But a big fear that you might be having is what does me taking this financial contribution Ooh. like what does this mean like and how do i how do i navigate that conversation for my mom let's say like i know we talked earlier about like this financial contribution might affect mom wants you to get married at a church you don't want to get married at a church she was planning on, like, she pledged to give you $15,000. You don't want to get married into church. Now you're afraid of what to do. Like, what, how do they juggle? And it's not even that, like, how do you manipulate so that you get what you want? It's how do you juggle the wants of your parents and the wants that you have so that your parents are getting their, because they have expectations and you need to figure yeah. out what those expectations are. You know what I yeah, mean? So I t- yeah, I have two things that come to mind. Okay. You asked, what does it mean if you accept this money? And I think that the first thing that you need to know right off the gate, by you accepting this money, you are inviting your parents' opinion into the conversation. Yes. Like, I really do think that it is an open invitation for their opinions, which isn't a bad thing to hear their opinions. But, like, they are going to feel like they have purchased the right to give their opinions which in some ways i would say they're justified i would too like if you're gonna take the money like you need to be prepared to not be a butthole and just shut them down like you need to hear them out and honestly any good relationship with your parents should involve dialogue so number one i think that's what it means is that you are inviting their opinions into the conversation the second thing would be um like how do you handle it 
like how do you juggle all these things is it was that your second question yeah how do you how you know that these expectations might be okay coming. the expectations there you go so that was the word i for, i forgot what triggered the thought but Ashley said, everyone has expectations. They're going to be there. Now, the thing with expectations is that we label them as malicious or good intentioned when sometimes uh, expectations, like we think that just because they have a label that they're malicious or they're good intentioned that they are that way from the start when really they just kind of happen. They just kind of pop up out of nowhere and then maybe they become one or the other, but they're very random. They're, they're sporadic with, with expectations. And so you have to unearth those. You have to uncover those. They're buried beneath the surface. Like you have to get to them. And the only way that you're going to uncover them is by talking about them and having a dialogue. And this may happen in this conversation and say, where you actually bring it up and say, hey, you know what? Like we really value your opinion and um, we just want to get ahead of this and we want to honor you guys and and just hear out any, is there anything that you guys would like to see happen at the wedding that you expect to happen that you, and they may say, well, no, 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 not this, not this get direct. Like, okay, well you don't, how do you feel? Do you have, do you care where we get married? Go through this list that we gave you. Do you care who, you know, the, the, uh, the Wilsons, you know, do you want the Wilsons there? Mm -hmm. Cause I wasn't going to invite them. Would you want them there? Well, actually, yeah, I'd love to have Kent and Tina there. You know, there goes Tina again, always making an appearance. <laughs> like, uh, we'd love to have them there. Okay, well, now you know, like, mom, dad, that's an expectation. Like, that's what that is. And so you need to, like, help unearth those and uncover those by asking pointed, directing, di- pointed directed questions and let them know that you're doing that because you want to honor them. Now, honoring them and hearing them out does not mean that they're going to happen, but that you care enough to at least hear them out and where they're coming it. from. Yeah. Yes. And acknowledging it. You did a lot of this. We, we talked about it earlier during the parental involvement conversation that you have with your significant other. What expectations do we think our parents might have? Yes. If you're, when you can like figure out what that is and your parents aren't direct about it when you're having this conversation, you've kind of already reworked this out and you have like thoughts of what they might really care about. When you get clear about that, they know you're thinking about them and you, you already know what these questions are. So you can ask them directly because you did the work beforehand. Yeah. Like if you have highly conservative parents and you know that you guys all attended a wedding one time and the DJ, you know, you hear the song and you hear to the window, to the wall, you know, like that song. Yeah. And you hear it. You're like, Oh my God, I know what comes next. And you saw your mother cringe when that happened she probably has expectations that the music music is going to go one way or the other, you know, that it's not going to embarrass them. Maybe that's the ex- expectation that we're not embarrassed by the music that's played there because pastor uh, George and his wife, Samantha are going to be there. Yeah. And we don't want to be mortified. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's an expectation, but you're going to have to, like I said, put in the work to think about those things in advance. Yeah. And bring them up and be direct. And I think that yes. like, I said earlier, you're grown up enough to get married. You're grown up enough to have this conversation with your parents. And it's a big boy conversation, man. It's 100%. It's a, it's, it's a heavy one, yeah. but there's growth that can come from these things Absolutely. where you, you guys are going to be hearing an interview, you know, later this month where, you know, we have a bride who shares about some tough conversations, but the growth that can come from it. Absolutely. And like another thing that I think comes 
to mind with this is cultural expectations. And I think that a lot of people experience that. And like in the... Can we timestamp this to remove this? One thirty-six. It's the Asian one yeah. when they have the tea ceremony. Oh gosh! But I can't I remember, remember what um, what Asian culture. That is Let me see. Tea ceremony. Because I, I want to obviously be respectful. It's, it's Japanese. Oh no! I need to look up what is what is tea ceremony. Uh. Chinese. Jing Cha in. Okay, from Brides Magazine, they said Chinese wedding. the Chinese tea ceremony. So it's Chinese. Because you don't know if they're Japanese okay. or Korean or whatever. Right, right. I marked it. I timestamped this bad boy. Okay. So with these cultural expectations, like there's the Chinese tea ceremony that happens at, like when there's multicultural weddings too, that's something mm-hmm. else to keep in mind. Like I, we have done a lot of like American weddings and Chinese weddings where they're coming together with both traditions. And you honor your family with your Chinese tea ceremony in the morning. And then you have your American ceremony and reception the traditional way in the afternoon and evening. And then maybe you honor and weave more of your uh, Chinese traditions into your reception as well. That's kind of a way that you can honor both cultures. And in doing so you're also able to honor your family. Maybe you have a thought like your mom really wants you to wear these pearls that are like these cultural pearls or cultural gold. And um, you maybe don't want to because maybe you're like, I I just don't understand it. Do some research into whatever these cultural obligations that you believe your parents might have on you. Do some research on it and be like, okay, okay. This actually makes me connect more with this and maybe I am okay with it and I do feel proud of my culture and my origin. Yeah, I like that. And then maybe also you're like, okay, actually I don't like where this originated, like white wedding dresses. You're like, I don't love where that originated, but um, so I'm not going to, but now that I've honored my culture, I'm going to be able to present this to my family in a way that's, I've looked into this, this is the background and you know, it doesn't really resonate with me there you are honoring your family by doing the research and by acknowledging beforehand I looked into this like I'm not just saying no I'm not wearing a white wedding dress mom which actually did you know white wedding dresses it's actually not as bad as it I thought it was Justin and I did some research recently no I yeah I'm not even aware of because we hear purity right right okay it's not purity (laughs) it's because back in it was actually like colorful wedding dresses for like ever and it wasn't until like the magazine era, like where magazines and like printed newspaper and all that came yeah. out, that white wedding dresses became a thing because the colored wedding dress, you just like in the black and white images were in a sea of people that look just like you. In the white, oh. you stand out. And that was actually where it originated, which made Justin, when we were getting married, like really excited about it. But prior to that, he thought it was purity. And this was actually like really cool because it was also from a photography standpoint, which is super dope. But that's very random. Um, I I didn't even know about that. Yeah. That's freaking legit. Yeah. I always thought it originated somewhere completely different. But so do some research. We also have to acknowledge, you know, that we also don't understand everything about all cultures and that 
there might be some, you know, cultures and traditions to where things are the way that they are and you can't really speak out against those things. And so, I I mean, we, we get it. We know that there's no one size fits all to this. And that's what we said earlier. But the one thing that I do know as a parent and that I believe about most parents is that you can at least have a discussion and you can step into a conversation and maybe it doesn't go the way that you wanted to. And maybe tradition and stuff is so way more important to your parents than you could have ever realized. And, and so you have some things to weigh, um, but a conversation, you can at least step into that and you go, well, you don't know my dad. You don't know my mom. They'll never have a conversation. You're right. I don't, we don't know them, but I, I think you can at least try. Yeah. And it's as long as you're seeking to understand, there's a lot of respect that can go both ways when you're seeking to understand. And maybe 100% you have a hot fire, like light fire under his ass dad who just does not, re- doesn't see reason. I know that and it's not even just that it's dads, but maybe you have a parent that just does not see reason and they, it's their way of the highway. Again, you know, your family yep. and keeping these relationships is entirely more important than you being able to not cut a cake like yeah it's your wedding is a day your relationships are forever so keep in mind when having these conversations and like accepting money from family members that there are strings attached if you're going to accept money have respectful conversations but also have a plan f have your prop budget that way you have ground to stand on get them all lined up that's right. Dude. Do we want to recap this really quick? I feel like we should like kind of recap these steps because we really discussed throughout it, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Let's, Let's re- kind of want, give it. You, you want to or you want me to? I'll do it. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So before you even start anything for a recap, you're going to first and foremost right now, if you haven't already, figure out your wedding why. What's your wedding why? Why are we celebrating with a wedding? That's going to give you ground to stand on. Then you're going to create your guest list what's your guest draft list this is just like a to b a to c all the way through then line out what are your priorities what are your must-haves now you have the foundation for what your event needs to be and it is time to create that pop budget how much money do we have to set aside how much money can we save by our goal date of our wedding how much time do we need to come up with this money for our pop budget which is our pullout plan Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move into parental involvement. You and your spouse are going to talk about what we expect from our parents' involvement and what do we think they expect with their financial involvement. And then you're going to have that meeting and you're going to present your plan to your people. Present your vision, yep. present your priorities to them, present that plan. You just did all this work. You're going to tell them all about it. And then you're going to talk about it with them. See what their thoughts are. Unearth their expectations. Figure out what they believe at this point their money should get them. And if they don't say anything, you did the work already, assuming they're, what their involvement might be, and you're going to just ask them. You're going to yep. sit up straight, say, Mom. Throw them shoulders back. Yep. I know you want to invite Tina. Do you actually want to invite Tina (laughs) and she's going to say yes. And you're going to say, okay, I thought you were going to say yes, but here's my thing. 
I really just want it to be these people. And then you can have this conversation with them. But because they know your why, because they know your priorities, and because they know that you've already done all this work, they're going to be able to respect your opinion more than just thinking you're being a bridezilla or you're being unfair. You guys can have a civil adult conversation. Yeah, it really does show parents that, wow, they're like, they're doing this. They're planning. They're thinking like, they're impressed. I think it's going to be a proud, a proud moment for yeah. mom and dad. Like they got this, they can do this and you do got this and you can do this. Absolutely. Dude, that's a good episode. Yeah. Lots of like great it. discussions. I, I super enjoyed the way that this played out and I genuinely hope people are gathering and getting little nuggets and maybe all these things don't apply to you. They probably don't all apply to you. And yeah. I just hope that there are things that you were able to take and that you enjoyed this episode and find us on Instagram and interact on those fun polls that we talked about earlier today. And I also want to know any episodes that you think Chris and I should dive into and explore. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and and let us know if there's any topics that you want us to cover and and things like that. And um, don't forget, we have freebies. We have resources for you on our website at thebridalbreakdown.com. We've started to see some people signing up and and downloading some of those. And so we hope that they're useful to you. Um, I think there's like five on there right now, but again, they're to help you process and to do work. Um, Some of it is personal work. Some of it is wedding planning, intentional stuff. So go and check those out if you have not yet yet download them uh, all it cost is your email address and you um, just getting into our our little network which is just our family so that's that's what it is you get in there and then you can fill it out and download it Absolutely. super easy and if you're um, still here listening to this episode I just wanted to plug really quickly that we you already know that we have many breakdown episodes if you didn't know those are short little Q&A's and you can participate in our Q&A's on our Instagram every week but we also have started doing our bride interviews. So if you didn't catch last week's interview, it was so good. It was with Caitlin and we talk about her wedding, her budget, everything that she went through. She was dropping nuggets the whole time. Dude. That place looked like Chick-fil-A, man, by the end of the Dude, the it end of the did. At the end of it, I was like, you're them. so wise. Like, th- yeah. is, she's absolutely incredible. We could have talked to her for so much longer. You're absolutely going to want to check that out. And we have another bride interview coming for you this Friday. So you're going to yep. want to eat that up as well. Bright interviews have started. If you're someone that feels like you have wisdom to share after you planned your wedding, hit us up on Instagram and let us know. Uh, and and here in a couple months, we're going to start our next batch of recordings uh, for these. So get on the list. We'd love to t- chat with you. You got anything else, Ashley? No, I don't. Just All I'm right. super excited about everything. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next time. See you later. Mm-hmm.